If God is able, we are able. Welcome to the podcast from One Cause Church. Praise God. Hallelujah. Good morning, everyone. Good to see your... You're not really shining faces because it's so dark out there. Good to see you today. Thank you for being here with us. Um, excited to bring the word to you today. We're, uh, we're in the book of Nehemiah now in um, our Route 66 series. Uh, <clears throat> so we're going to go ahead and jump right into it today because I have several things I want to get into you today through our, our map uh, our, with, concerning our memento and the, the, the attraction that we're going to look at today. And of course, the person of Jesus this is how we've been charting our course through these books of the Bible, and uh, by the end of it, you'll have a, a good synopsis of, of the scriptures. And uh, I love that Galatians scripture today that was read today. I mean, sometimes you can just read the Apostle Paul's writings, and it's one of the most encouraging things in the world, yeah. you know? Just reading it. Just uh, that's A lot of times I'll just read his epistles out loud to myself, and by the end of it, I'm ready to jump through hoops. I mean, I mean, jump over a wall or do something miraculous because it just feels so built up and strengthened. That's what the scriptures do. They encourage us and strengthen us. So I want to encourage you, as you read the scriptures, read them out loud to yourself. Read them out loud. Let your own ears hear because faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Amen? Not only word of God preached, but also the word of God spoken by you in your life. So uh, um, what was I going? Oh, we, is, uh, is David in here? David Cooksey, our newest member of One Cause Church, showed up to church today. Uh, little David Cooksey, he's up to nine or six pounds. Slow down, six pounds now. He was born five pounds and thirteen ounces, and he's in service with us today. So if you hear a baby shout name in, you'll know that's probably David. All right. Congratulations to Bill and Brandy. Good to have Brandy back with us too. Yeah. I love you guys very much. All right, let's take our Bibles and go to Nehemiah chapter. Three, we're going we're gonna to actually kind of bounce around in this chapter. We're not going to look at all of it because, like I said, we have several things to talk about. But Nehemiah was, <clears throat> was written right along, the, I mean, the same time as Ezra, basically. They, they were one book. Ezra and Nehemiah were one book, and they believed that it was Ezra that actually wrote all of it. But the translators uh, uh, divided them into two. But this is still yet another account. It's a, it's a book of history of the account of after Israel had left uh, Babylonian captivity, and they're, they're coming back to Jerusalem to, to redefine themselves once again as the people of God and to build the, rebuild the temple that had been destroyed by King Nebuchadnezzar uh, prior to that, and then um, and, and, and to rebuild the city. Well, Nehemiah sp- specifically came back. <clears throat> uh, reports came to him that the people were distressed there in Jerusalem. They were trying to do the work, and there was much opposition in the work. And he, when he heard about it, he had it in his heart to rebuild the walls around the city so that the people would be safe to build the rest of it. And so uh, it, God, he prayed to God and he, and he pleaded for his people and to be able to go back and help them. And God answered his prayer and he softened the heart of King Artaxerxes, who was the king of Persia at that time. And not only did he soften his heart to release him to go, but he also uh, gave supplies to uh, Nehemiah for the work. So Nehemiah comes to uh, the city. He's, he's, he's scouting it out at, at, by night, actually, by stealth, and, and looking over the gates and all those kinds of things and seeing what work needs to be done. And once he had surveyed all the, the necessary work, then he gathered the people. And the scripture says that the people all came together and they had a mind to work. And uh, they were so unified in this effort to rebuild these walls and repair the gates 
uh, the, the, the ten gates that we're going to look at around the city, that they accomplished this thing in 52 days. An extraordinary work, completely surrounding the entire city, and they did it in 52 days. You know, you can do a lot when other people are with you. You know, one, one can do so much, but my goodness, when people are united together, what we're doing here is, is <clears throat> touching the entire place. You, you might not know this, but, you know, our message goes all over the world. And your contribution to that and your service to the house of God affects the entire world. Uh, one way that we affect the world is through our podcasts. And I want to encourage you, if you've never listened to our podcast, we have all of our sermons on there for you to go to our website and, uh, and, and listen to any of those sermons anytime. We put them up every week for you. They're free. And I want to encourage you to keep yourself in the environment of the word and the message that we preach here at One Cause Church, because this message is all about the one cause of Christ Jesus and his gospel Amen. that saves men. Amen. Amen. So uh, why was I saying all that? Oh, yeah, but for United Effort and those kinds of things, we're, we've been able to preach the gospel all over the world. And, and we'll have to bring this up sometime. Uh, Derek showed me one time where all of our podcasts are being downloaded, and it's literally all over the globe. People we don't even know were touching their lives. They're listening to our message and being empowered and being affected by it. Amen. All the way from here in McKinney, Texas. Not only that, but, but because of your strength or the strength in numbers, we've been able to partner with other churches and extend our ministry even around this area with Dallas, both us, uh, English and Spanish uh, churches there, and then in um, Granbury, Texas, and in DeLeon as well. And I want to just remind you, continue to pray for us with DeLeon. We are beginning Sunday morning services October the 5th there. So uh, God is blessing us. And, but th yeah. there's strength in numbers, and we can do so much more together. And uh, uh, <clears throat> as Nehemiah now has been released, like I said, to go and do this. So he's, he's surveyed the work, and they begin the work. In Nehemiah chapter 3, I want to just talk about the gates for a moment and give you just a brief thought on these. And this is where our attraction is, our, our, the must-see um, of this book. Uh, there's lots of good things in it, but we're going to find this one where they begin the, the work. And Nehemiah 3.1 says this, <clears throat> excuse me, Then Eliashib, the high priest, rose up with his brethren, the priests who built the sheep gate. They consecrated it and hung its doors. Um, the very first gate mentioned is this one here, and it's called the sheep gate because this is the gate where they brought the lambs and the sheep in for the sacrifice to atone for the sins of the people. First gate that's mentioned is about the sacrifice. And here we really see our Lord as in John chapter 1 and verse 29. I believe that John the, the Baptist is standing on the banks of the River Jordan and he sees Jesus coming and he points his finger and says, Behold, the Lamb of God, which takes away the sins of the world. These sins, uh, these, these lambs and these, that were slaughtered for the people's sins could merely cover the matter. They were a band-aid, but they could not actually cure. But his blood didn't just cover our sins, it took them away. Yeah. Hallelujah. The next gate that we look at is, is in verse 3. It says, also the sons of uh, Hassanah built the fish gate. They laid its beams and hung its doors with its bolts and bars. Now what that talks about us, uh, to us today about is, what do we call fishers of what? Fishers of men, that's what Jesus called his disciples. Any disciples here in the room today? Yeah. Now, your sons and your disciples. Yeah. Sons and disciples. And that's one, that's, as a person comes to know the Lord, one of the 
the compelling things in our hearts now is to reach others with this same message that Christ died for our sins and that he was buried and that God raised him from the dead three days later. It's this glorious gospel that we much preach. But the lure, you know, how many of you have been fishing here before? Probably many of you, several of you have been fishing. You, did you find out, I found out something interesting about fishing when I, when I was a kid that fish like all kinds of different stuff. And bass fishing is an art in and of itself because you use these different lures. Catfish, you just throw anything on the hook and they'll eat it. Whatever you put out there, it's going to eat. But fish are particular for the most part in the things that they want, the things that they like. Your testimony, your personal testimony is a certain kind of bait for a certain kind of fish. Yeah. All right? Amen. So your story is significant to someone in this world. Somebody needs to hear about your encounter with God, and they'll latch hold of that hook, and they'll take the bait. All right? They'll, so that's all of us are effective in our own way. I mean, I, you and I, we cannot reach everybody. I can't reach everybody, but I can reach somebody, and you can reach somebody, but together we can reach many bodies. All right? So let that, let that stay in your heart. That, that, let that message that's in you, as Paul said, it says, though Christ were pleading through us to tell others, be reconciled to God. Yeah. All right? The fish gate. Bringing them into the house. Now, that fish gate was, I mean, its initial purpose was for the men, they would, they would uh, catch fish there in Galilee, and then they would bring them into the city through the fish gate uh, to sell. Next, uh, we come upon in 3.6, uh, moreover, Jehoiada, the son of Paseah, and Meshulam, the son of... Anybody want to take a shot? Uh, we'll call him Bill for short. Repaired the, old, <laughs> repaired the old gate. They laid its beams and hung its doors and its bolts and bars. The old gate. The old gate. This speaks really of truth. It speaks of the truth of God that is ageless, but yet it's ancient at the same time. The gospel is now thousands of years old. This gospel that came to us is now thousands of years old, and yet it still has the effect to save people from their sins. Amen. Amen. That's, that's what we know about this, this, this message is alive, even today, and yet it is old. The church has changed through the years, and some of the changes, I'm very grateful for those changes especially in the music world. <laughs> and I'm grateful yeah. for the things, that, the foundation of the music that, that we've had. You know, there was a, there was a yeah. newspaper clipping uh, some time ago that came out, it came out in the newspapers talking about all the changes that were happening in church. And the biggest problem was with the new music that was coming into the church. And they were saying that it, it, it makes the church look like the rest of the world. There's no separation. Uh, it, it, it encourages people to stay out late and um, it, it, I had all kinds of reasons why the new music was not good. The, 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 the interesting thing is, when that newspaper clipping came out, it was in the year 1700 and something about all the hymns that were coming into the church. The hymns. Good Lord, what were they singing before hymns? Have mercy. Wow. So, you know, that's, it, it's, been a, it's been a continual, it's been a continual problem, hasn't it? You know, that, that people just don't like the change, you know? They tried to denigrate rock and roll music for many, many years. And I thought, have you ever listened to your country and Western stuff? That's some of the nastiest <laughs> stuff ever, right? 
it's not, it's not the style, it's the message. Yeah. I just happen to like rock and roll <laughs> a lot. What does that have to do with the old gate? I don't remember. <laughs> Man, I just stopped preaching the word and preaching my opinion. I'm sorry about that. <laughs> but like I said, the church changes through the years, but one thing that is ageless and never should change ever is this message that we preach. Right? Our methods are not sacred, but the message is always sacred, which we preach. Amen. Amen. The old gate. Now, let's go to the next thought here. The valley gate, which is found in Nehemiah chapter 3, verse 13. Hanun and the inhabitants of Zanoah repaired the valley gate. They built it, hung its doors, its bolts and bars, and repaired a thousand cubits of the wall as far as the refuse gate. This, this gate speaks of, I mean, you could talk about lots of things about the valley, but really... Um, I think a, a good, simple way to look at it would be of humility. That we lower our own opinion of ourselves and exalt God's opinion in yeah. our lives. Amen. You know, because it's, it's, um, it's not a man-made humility or religious humility. It's, it's real humility. It's the God kind of humility, which is called yeah. actually faith in God. Yeah. Think about this for a moment. In Micah chapter 6, verse 8, the Lord talks about what he requires of men. Three things, he says, to do justly, to love mercy, and to walk humbly before your God. Justice, mercy, and humility. And then later on, when Jesus shows up on the scene in Matthew chapter 23, he's talking to the Pharisees, and he's talking about how they do their best to keep the law. He said, you tithe on everything in your house, all the way down to the spices in your spice rack. And he says, yet you've neglected the weightier matters of the law, justice, mercy, and he says, faith. Justice, mercy, and faith. Justice, mercy, and humility. Telling, teaching us that humility is the same thing as faith. Now, think about it for a moment. Think about how really humbling it is if you are sick in your body to say, by his stripes I'm healed. Yeah. Amen. Hmm? Or when you don't have any money in your bank account to say, praise God, he was made poor so that I become rich. He has richly given me all things to enjoy. Think about how humbling that is for us when we speak his word despite what is even happening in our circumstances. Are you hearing me? Yeah. I, maybe, maybe some of you have faced ridicule. I've faced ridicule for that kind of thing before. How can you say you're healed when you're, not, you're obviously sick? Because I've humbled myself under his opinion. It says, by his stripes I'm healed, so that's what I'm going to say. Yeah. All right? Amen. That's true humility, saying what God has said, declaring yeah. his word, faith Amen. in God. Amen. The valley gate. Paul says not to think anyone to think more highly of himself than he ought to think. All right, the next thought, the dung gate. This is the fun gate right here, the refuse gate. You know, it's true. When it's, it's true about the church, and it's true even about our own lives. Sometimes you just got to flush. Are you hearing me? Yeah. It, you have to keep the old things out. You know, when you were baptized, you buried that old nature. You buried the old yeah. man. But, you know, I, it would have been nice if, if when we were saved, it would have been nice if I was saved, and you'll understand what I'm saying, and I'd probably agree with this, that, if, that you had a completely renewed mind as well. Wouldn't that have been nice? Yeah. How many of you found out, though, being a Christian, you still had to overcome bad thoughts? Yeah. Some of you are overcoming them right now Amen. in this room. I mean, you can be worshiping God and the, the worst kind of thinking could be going through your head, right? You go, my God, am I even saved? 
Yep. <laughs> right? You, you start questioning all that stuff. No, hey, this mind is, is the battlefield right here. This is where you, you make the choices for good or for evil. So you've got different influences coming in. Not only does God have a voice that speaks to you, but the devil has a voice too, and he's trying to influence you in the other way. So you have to get rid of the dung. You've got to get rid of this stuff by renewing your mind to the word of God. This is a daily process for us, all right? Get the toxins out. All right, get the toxic thinking out of your life, the toxic behavior out of your life, and uh, remembering that we are the temple of the Holy Spirit. Yeah. Amen. Paul says this. Paul, Paul likens uh, dung to, watch this, uh, Philippians 3, yet indeed I also count all things lost for the excellence of the knowledge of Christ Jesus my Lord, for whom I have suffered the loss of all things and count them as rubbish, yeah. that I may gain Christ. Anything Amen. outside of the knowledge of Christ is nothing but rubbish. All right. Next, you guys all right? Yeah. 3.15, we're going to find the fountain gate. Shalun, the son of Kolhosa, leader of the district of Mizpah, repaired the fountain gate. The fountain gate. Now, this really speaks of two things, salvation and the spirit of God in our lives. Jesus said in John chapter 4 to the woman at the well, he said, the water that I give, whoever drinks of the water that I shall give him will never thirst, but the water that I shall give him will become in him a fountain of water springing up unto everlasting life. Then later on in John chapter 7 and verse 38, he says that he who believes in me, as the scripture has said, out of his belly or out of his heart will flow rivers of living water. See, that fountain springs up, but it continues to spring up and then to pour over by the Spirit of God, that fountain of everlasting life, which means, that's what I'm saying, it means that your, your testimony, your relationship with God is not just a personal thing. It's not a private matter, ladies and gentlemen. This message that we live, this salvation that we have is on display. Your life, the yeah. moment you accepted Amen. Christ, you also accepted the responsibility to be on display for him. Amen. And to live your life in such a way as Paul said, follow me as I follow Christ. If you follow yeah. me, I'll take you to him. Yeah. Amen. Amen? Amen. Y'all aren't supposed to get quiet there. You're supposed to shout yes. Supposed to. Hallelujah. Fountain gate. And then next, 326. Ooh, we must hurt. Moreover, the Nethinim, um, <clears throat> these are the uh, slaves who worked actually in the house of God doing the work of the, of the temple, who dwelt in Ophel made repairs as far as the place in the front of the water gate. Water gate is kind of a, kind of a sore spot in American history, but um, the, the, the water gate is a picture of the word of God and the word's effect in our life. Out of all of these gates, the water gate did not need to be repaired. Isn't that interesting? It was the only one that was fully intact, showing us the truth of God's word stands forever. That's what Psalm 33 says. The counsel of the Lord stands forever. Forever, O oh Lord, your word is settled in heaven. Amen. Yeah. But, but Amen. Paul teaches us in Ephesians that, that Jesus cleansed his church with the washing of the water by the word of the right. word of God. Psalm 119 says that we are clean by the word of God. Isn't that awesome? So, yeah. this, this is, this, so, so you wash yourself. You renew your mind. You get rid of that stinking thinking by confessing yeah. the word of yeah. God. Because your thoughts follow your words. Yeah. Not the other way around. Your thoughts follow your words. Right. Amen. Next, 328 says, Beyond the horse gate, the priest made repairs each in front of his own house. So the horse gate, horse in the scripture, mainly 
mainly uh, represents war or warfare, but also strength. Um, but so we're going to look at it on the side of war because this is where uh, it was close to the king's stables, the horse gate, and the men of Jerusalem would ride the horses out of this gate to go to war. It speaks to us of warfare. The, the awesome thing about it, as children of God, we're also the army of the living God as well, right? But the cool thing about the time that we're living in is that we are simply here to enforce the victory that has already been established. See, the war between heaven and earth was over. When the angels came and declared to the shepherds in the field, peace on earth. And that peace on earth came because Jesus came to earth. Paul later said, he himself is our peace, right? And that word for peace in the Greek, in the New Testament, means it's called, it's the word erene, and it means the end to the rage and havoc of war, a state of national tranquility. Praise God. Jesus came and brought peace to us. But, and for this purpose, the Son of God was manifest to destroy the works of the devil. And when he said it is finished, what he was really saying is the war is over. Yeah. Amen. But how many of you know we have to stand our ground and continue to enforce that victory that Jesus accomplished for yeah. us? Amen. All right? Amen. We stand on his word and we fight with his armor, not in our own strength, but in his strength and in his power. Yeah. Amen. Amen. Revelation 19, 11 says, behold, I love this verse of scripture. Now I saw heaven opened and behold a white horse and he who sat on him was called faithful and true and in righteousness he judges and makes war. Now this is talking about a time that's coming when the Lamb of God, Jesus Christ, the Son of the living God, will stand up off of the mercy seat and his vesture is dipped in blood because he brought his blood offering to God when he ascended to heaven, poured it on the mercy seat, and then sat down. So his robe is dipped in blood. But when he stands up off of the mercy seat, the mercy is over. Yeah. Amen. For those on the earth who rejected his blood sacrifice. That's why it's called the wrath of the lamb, because the lamb was slain. But the great news is he's not going by himself. We're going with him. You're all going to get your own horse. Yeah. Ooh, saddle up. Yeah. One of my favorite movies is uh, Young Guns. Or Billy the Kid, he would say, Regulators, let's mount up. I think Jesus is going to say something like that. <laughs> Regulators, let's ride. And we're going to wreak havoc on those who rejected his blood sacrifice. That day's coming. And which takes us to this next thought. Nehemiah 3.29, after them, Zadok, the son of Immer, made repairs in front of his own house. After him, Shemaiah, the son of Shechaniah, the keeper of the east gate, made repairs. The east gate, they opened the gate, and it would look toward the Mount of Olives. The scripture in Zechariah says that Christ will come, and he will literally stand on the Mount of Olives, and then he will enter Jerusalem through that east gate. This keeps us mindful of his second coming, that Jesus Christ will return from that eastern sky. But that east also speaks something else for us of new beginnings. The east is where the sun comes up and a whole new day begins. Yeah. Amen. Yeah. God is the God of many, 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 many new beginnings in your life. Yeah. Hallelujah. Yeah. And then the last one, I love this, Mifkad. Everybody say Mifkad. Yeah. All right. After him, Mal. 
Kaija, one of the goldsmiths, made repairs as far as the house of the Nethanim and of the merchants in front of the Mifkad. Get Mifkad means an appointed place. An appointed place. Hey, the Lord is building his church. He said, I will build, and he is continuing to build. It is his appointed place for us as his people to gather together in the house so that we can worship our God and have fellowship with one another and to experience him together on a regular basis. Hallelujah. Set it in your mind and your heart to make that appointment every time with God and his people. Amen. Make that of utmost priority because God has an appointment set up with you every Sunday and Wednesday. Yeah. Amen. And Wednesday. Not as many amens. Actually, I didn't hear one amen there. Amen. Make those appointments. It's an appointed place, Mifkat, to remind us. Remember, Jesus had that custom of going to the house of God. He himself had the custom, the habit of being in the house of God. All right. Now, we must continue. Go to Nehemiah chapter 8. All right? Nehemiah chapter 8. This is an awesome thing. After they got all the, this stuff built, like I said, they did it in 52 days. They got the walls built and the gates hung. And now they come to chapter 8 and they begin to establish they begin to establish the word of God in the people's hearing. So they built this platform out of, uh, out of wood and, and they stood Ezra the priest on top of it. And, and we see in verse 5, And Ezra opened the book in the sight of all the people, for he was standing above all the people when he opened it, and all the people stood up. And Ezra blessed the Lord, the great God. Then all the people answered, Amen, Amen. Can I get two of those? All right, while lifting up their hands and they bowed their heads and worshiped the Lord with their faces to the ground. Verse 7, also, let me just go through those, 13 guys with funny names, and the Levites helped the people to understand the law and the people stood in their place. Watch this. So they read distinctly. This is where we're going to get our memento today, okay? So they read distinctly. Preachers, are you in the room today? Any preachers here? All right, you need to memorize this verse. So they read distinctly from the book in the law of God and they gave the sense and helped them to understand the reading. This is what's happening right now. All right? And Nehemiah, who was the governor, Ezra, the priest and the scribe and the Levites who taught the people, said to all the people, this day is holy to the Lord your God. Do not mourn nor weep. Now the church I was growing up in, which is a pretty legalistic church, if they were to say this is holy to the Lord, the next thing is you need to cry out to God. <laughs> weep, you sinner. <laughs> right? Think I'm kidding? I'm not kidding. But they said, don't cry because this is a holy day to the Lord. Don't weep, because this is a holy day to the Lord. Well, that's encouraging to me. Yeah. Watch. Do not, for all the people wept when they heard the words of the law. Before they got the sense about what the law was about, just hearing it was scaring the crud out of them. <laughs> and you know what I'm talking about? Ever read the Bible and went, oh, okay, um, okay. Yeah, maybe a couple of weeks I'll look at that again. Seriously, you re, without understanding it, it can be a very scary thing. Yeah. And that's why we need to look in Paul's writings so that we can have a good understanding of the Scriptures yeah. and have, have the Word of God taught to us, get the sense about it, because it will change your whole outlook on the Word of God. Yeah. All right? So they're weeping, they're weeping. They say, no, 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 no. Let's, let me help you understand what's going on here. This is a holy day. Don't weep. 
This is the effect. This should be the effect of, of the word of God in yeah. your life. All right. This yeah. first thought here today is to rejoice in the Lord. Yeah. That the word of God should bring joy to your life. Right. Are you hearing me? Watch. Then he said, go your way. I love this. Eat the fat. Come on, somebody. <laughs> Drink the sweet tea. And send portions to those for whom nothing is prepared. That is, share with others. For this day is holy to our Lord. Wow, again, again, because this day is holy, you need to fast. No, they said, because it's holy, you need to eat the fat and drink the sweet and share with everybody. Wow. Awesome. Now, now he, it's, there's a reason why he said eat the fat. That word for fat means food richly prepared. Eat the best stuff. Drink the best stuff. See, the word of God should produce abundance in your life. And a desire for abundance. I mean, think about it. Jesus said, I came to give life abundantly. Lord, just meet my needs. Wait, did you hear what I just said? I give it abundantly. I supply your need according to how rich I am, not what this world has. According to my riches in glory by Christ Jesus. Come on. If you want to desire what God desires, then you need to desire abundance. Amen. Go after it. Yeah. Eat the sweet. Or eat, drink the sweet. Eat the fat. Mm. Makes me want a ribeye. <laughs> now watch. For this day is holy to the Lord. Do not sorrow for the joy of the Lord is your strength. So the Levites quieted all the people saying, be still. Why? For this day is... Three times they talk about this day is holy, and so this needs to happen as a result of it being holy. I'm telling you, this goes against so much of what I learned as a kid. Weep, fast, and do, do, do. But he's saying, rejoice, eat good, and be still. Rest. Wow. Wow. Now, if, and look at verse 12. I mean, I'm with these people here. And all of you went their way to eat and drink. Now, I can do that. And send portions to others and rejoice greatly because they, what? Oh, now they have understanding. The words that were declared to them. See, they thought the law was saying one thing until they understood what it was really saying and what its intended purpose was. Joy, abundance, and rest. How much better, ladies and gentlemen, you who are not under the law but have a better covenant established on better promises, how much better do you have it today? That the word of God will take effect in your life through understanding. Understanding its intended purpose for your life. Amen. Amen. All right, one last place. Wow, we've made good time there. The person 
of the Lord Jesus. Nehemiah chapter 13, look at this. I love this. So the last chapter in the book. And I came to Jerusalem. Now what happened was Nehemiah had done all this, got everything set up, got the priesthood, the reading of the law, the feast, and all those things going. The city's rebuilt. They've got the temple rebuilt now. I mean, the, Israel is, is up and running, all right? Jerusalem is up and running. He says, and, and then he had to go back to King Artaxerxes because he only released him for a period of time, but now he's been re-released again, and he's come back. And I came back and discovered the evil that Eliashib had done to, for Tobiah. Now, Tobiah was one of the naysayers. While you can read about three main guys, Sanballat, Tobiah, and Geshem, these were three guys who were continually speaking against, evil, uh, against Israel building the wall and always accusing them of things and lying to them about stuff. And so, I mean, they were just nothing but thorns in their sides the entire time until the work was done. So now he, he sees that this priest has been doing something special for one of these naysayers named Tobiah in preparing a room for him in the courts of the house of God. Watch this. Love Nehemiah. And it grieved me bitterly. Therefore, I threw all the household goods of Tobiah out of the room. Then I commanded them to cleanse the rooms, and I brought back into them the articles of the house of God with the grain offering and the frankincense. I also realized that the portions for the Levites had not been given them. For each of the Levites and the singers who did the work had gone back to his field. So they were no longer able to be in full-time ministry is what he's saying. So I contended with the rulers and said, why is the house of God forsaken? And I gathered them together and set them in their place. Now go to Matthew 21, verse 12. Then Jesus went into the temple of God and drove out. All those who bought and sold in the temple and overturned the tables of the money changers and the seats of those who sold doves. And he said to them, it is written, my house shall be called a house of prayer, but you have made it a den of thieves. Verse 14, the, then the blind and the lame came to him in the temple and he healed them. Amen. Praise God. Praise God. Nehemiah is a picture of a man named Jesus, eaten up with zeal for the house of God. And that the right things are done there. A house of prayer and obviously a house of healing as the blind and the lame came and he showed them what the intended purpose for the house of God is. That's what, this is what this is about. This is why this place is a place of healing, a place of building, a place where we seek God together, a place where we worship him and pray and declare his word and be prepared prepared and equipped to go into this world and change the world we live in. Yeah. Amen. Father, thank you so much for this time with your people. Thank you, Lord. Lord, help us, Lord, to keep that same kind of fiery zeal when it comes to the church. Lord, to, to love the house of God, the gathering of God's people in one place, to worship you, to exalt your name that is above every name. Father, I thank you, Lord, that the word will take great effect in our lives, Lord, as I continually pray for our church, Lord, that, that they would live in the realities of the promises of God. We're not people with wishful thinking. We are people who live by faith. We are people who walk out these promises. We come into these things. They manifest in our life, and we live the kind of life that Jesus came to give us, abundant life. Thank you, Lord, that the word will take great effect even this week, that your people will have joy unspeakable and full of glory, that even when they are under duress and they're facing challenges, whatever things may be contrary to your word, God, that they will be able to lift their hands and declare the greatness of their God, to rejoice in you and in that.
find great strength. And thank you, Lord, for blessing your people with abundance in every area of their lives, financially, Lord, and, and uh, financially as well as in their relationships, Father, with their husbands and wives and children and friends and coworkers, abundantly blessed, abundantly blessed. And Lord, that they will enjoy that abundance, but also in turn bless others, even as the blessing of Abraham is now upon us Gentiles in Christ Jesus. That we are blessed and we will be a blessing. Hallelujah. And Lord, that your people will rest in you. This will be a week of rest, trust, and reliance on our God who is well able, not only well able, but willing, who is on our side, who sees the end from the beginning and who always gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. And Father, that we would be faithful fishers of men, that we would declare what God has done for us in our lives, how he saved us from our sins and how they need to believe on him and receive everlasting life. Lord, thank you, Lord, for a room full of people that are evangelists at heart. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord, for filling this house, filling all the houses that we have influence in all of our campuses, Lord. Lord, we welcome, we welcome our community into this place, Lord, to receive the effect of the word of God in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Amen and amen. Hallelujah. I love you guys very much. Pastor Jeremiah's been coming. Thank you for listening to our podcast. We would like to invite you to one of our service times in either McKinney or Dallas. Sunday mornings in McKinney at 9.30 and 11, and Wednesday evenings at 7, and in Dallas, 10.30 Sunday mornings, and our 1 o'clock One Cause Dallas Espanol service. You can find out more information about our church at onecausechurch.com. If you'd like to partner with our ministry, there is also a link on the front page of our website.